going to stick to what I've been saying in Omicron, which is they both work. Um, I've had patients... I've had patients just take ivermectin alone and do fine. I usually treat, I usually use the combination, all the patients who see me, I give them both. Um, but I, just like in when Ovocon first broke out, I did have a couple of clinical experiences where someone was on ivermectin already, and then they got their hydroxychloroquine later, and they really felt that the hydroxychloroquine did something that they weren't feeling from the ivermectin. So I don't know that it's better or worse, but there are, in some cases, patients seem to get a better benefit from hydroxychloroquine. And then on, a, on like a pathophysiologic level, um, the way Omicron kind of enters through the cell and goes to replicate, it, it uses a pathway that hydroxychloroquine hits, whereas the other variants didn't. And so there seems to be, you, you could make an argument that hydroxychloroquine may be equal to or better than, but I... I I don't know. I don't use either one alone. I just kind of hit them with both and get everyone better quickly and hopefully further reduce any, any risks of long haul and whatnot. So um, Keith, do you use both one or the other? Do you, you see? I rarely use hydroxychloroquine. I pretty much use ivermectin pretty much. It's easier, you know, for my patient population, but yeah, I actually, it's interesting. I've had more recently and I have some autoimmune patients who are on hydroxychloroquine for their autoimmune disease actually breakthrough. Yeah, And I wonder if it's because they've been on it for a long time, you know, so it's able to overcome that just because they're, you know, it's not maybe not having the beneficial effect as much because it's been there chronically. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to bring up another point, which is that ivermectin in prevention, the trials showing how preventive and protective was. They were so powerful, right? But they were all from that first year, right? They were all from like the alpha and beta strains. I mean, you were on ivermectin. I mean, very few people were getting sick. When Delta came around and then Omicron with the higher viral loads and the transmissibility increased, we started to see breakthroughs. Heck, I was a breakthrough, right? And so the way I think of ivermectin as a preventative is that I'm not, I do think it still prevents because I do, I have had too many people tell me like, they were at some function and everyone around them got sick, but they didn't, they were on ivermectin. So I, I still see like positive reports, but at the same time, I do think people break through, but it still works in that I, just like Flavio's data shows, if you're on ivermectin and break through, you're guaranteed a much milder course if you're on it. So I don't think it's as perfectly protective. And I'll tell you, I was kind of humbled uh, two weeks ago one of my vaccine injured patients is on 30 milligrams of ivermectin a day and she got COVID. And so I was pretty, that was kind of a data point. I was like, wow, it really does break through in some people. And so uh, again, we evolve with the data. We share what we learn as we go. And um, it doesn't mean that ivermectin isn't helpful as a preventative. It's just not as perfect or, or near perfect as it used to be. And I and Pierre, you bring up another point. I and we've seen this in our experience that long haul syndrome really doesn't happen very much in the people treated with ivermectin, and that's really critical. That's so important. Absolutely, you know, maybe even more important sometimes than the mild infection, but long term symptoms much much rarer. There's no question. My long haulers, almost none of them got early treatment. So um, for sure. <laughs>